this is Zoe York, and welcome to the first breakout session from the Sister Cast. I am a romance author, and I do a regular podcast with my sister Amanda. Say hi, Amanda. We're going to use air quotes on the term "regular" right, right there. <laughs> well, we had a regular podcast while my sister was on maternity leave, and now it's become a touch more sporadic. And so we thought it might be fun to do a mini series inside the podcast where I talk about the publishing industry because it's something that I do workshops on a fair bit and um, sometimes after I'll do after I do a workshop after I go to a conference people will say hey how can I take your workshop and I thought you know I should do a podcast series so that's what we're doing we're calling them the breakout sessions and this is the first episode of the sister cast breakout session on branding and marketing for a romance author Ooh, this is gonna be good and so my sister has volunteered to be my victim um, she's going to ask questions as I go through my workshop so this might be a lot of talking or it might be more back and forth um, we'll see how it goes and I also I'm not a hundred percent sure how many episodes this will be maybe four or five episodes depends how we break it down um, so this is an experiment. Thank you so much for your interest. And it's a little bit, um, it's a little tiny bit interactive, which is weird for a podcast, but I'm going to give you some suggestions on things you can do if you are an aspiring author or an experienced author who wants to give their career a kick in the pants. Um, so as you listen to this podcast, you might want to grab a notebook and a pen and paper um, and and, and start to brainstorm some things as I talk. So if you haven't yet, grabbed a note, grab a notebook and um, then I shall dive right into branding for the romance author. And actually, well, a lot of what I talk about is specific to genre romance fiction. Um, really any genre fiction, probably this stuff applies. If you are not a romance author, um, but you find some of what I say interesting, then you should hit me up on Twitter at Zoe York writes um, and tell me how this applies or doesn't apply to your genre. Okay, so branding and marketing. My sister works in promotions in radio and we talk about that on a regular podcast episode sometimes. Um, and I have been really lucky in my five year career as a romance author to be able to bounce ideas off of my sister, to talk about brand and marketing at a high level, because I think sometimes we we really get distracted by the visual elements of brand. And we think the visual elements of a brand, which represent your brand, are your brand, and they're not, right? Brand is not what your covers currently look like. Although your name, or a series logo, or a business logo, um, may become a part of your brand and become recognizable and a quick substitute for your brand. Visuals are not your brand. Your content is your brand. And if it's not tight, you've got a branding problem. This isn't to say that it's not possible to dive into a hot market and produce quick content that matches that market and make a quick buck. You can absolutely do that. But that is, um, that's called riding a bull market. And this goes back to, um, there's, a, there's a, a guy who owns a 
basketball team? I don't know sports. Mark Cuban and the yes. Dallas Cowboys. Is that football or basketball? No, that's basketball. I don't know these things. <laughs> the Cowboys, really? It's basketball? Um, no, I think it's, it's football. It's the, I don't know. No, it's definitely basketball, okay. but it's not the Cowboys. Mark Cuban owns uh, the Cavaliers. Mavericks. The Mavericks. Dallas Mavericks. I apologize to all sports He fans. is on Shark's Tank. Yeah. And so, I don't know where he made his money, but he's got lots of money. He's really rich. Yeah. He, he has invested in lots of different businesses. So I read back years ago, not that many years ago, but publishing, I mean, it's dog years. Um, or when I was a, a baby author, I read a summary of his top three business tips. And they really stuck with me. And one of them, the first one, is understanding the difference between adding value and benefiting from a bull market. So if you have a really tight brand and your content is your voice and people keep coming back for your content, you are adding value to the market. That is brand. That has value. If you are benefiting from a bull market, for example, you see that bad boy romances are super hot or shifter romances or motorcycle club romances, insert whatever. Um, those are hot and you think you can write those and you write those to market and you and you brand yourself visually, right? The word gets really confusing because you can brand yourself to look like others or you can build a brand that you look like yourself and those two things aren't the same thing. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Okay, so you can brand yourself to the market and make a buck, but out the other side of that trend, when that trend cools, you're not gonna take those bad boy readers with you to the next project that you start, right? Yep. So, totally cool to do that but you're riding a bull market you're gonna make some money it's gonna be awesome you're gonna go on some trips after that it's gonna be great but you're not gonna carry those readers forward that did not contribute that to your long-term brand that didn't add value because your content wasn't actually unique and, and didn't stand out so if someone's looking for a quick takeaway on that if someone wants to ride the bull market should they do it under a different name no you can do it under your own name um because like if you look at any author, go back, you know, and look at an author who now has 40, 50 books out over 20 years, you can see those trends, right? In any author that you like, you can see, oh, I see that they wrote cowboy romances for a period of time and now they write thrillers or romantic suspense or whatever. Nothing wrong with that. You, you, your brand does not actually need to stay consistent to what you start writing. In fact, it actually shouldn't, right? Your brand should evolve. It's just don't hitch yourself too tightly to those books that you made money on during the bull market because when that bull market fades, you need to have an exit plan out of that. Um, the second Mark Cuban tip um, from his top three business tips was win the battles you're in before moving on to new ones. Mm. And this is so key because I don't want people to think what I'm doing doesn't work. I should go do something else. No, you should do what you're doing. You should just do it better right? Get better at what you really want to do, what the, the marketing actions that match your core content voice. Um, focus on your brand. So we're going to loop back to that in a minute. Tell consistent stories. Don't chase the new shiny idea. Don't start over and over and over again because that just puts you back to step one and then you never get to that comfortable, solid brand place. Um, build up your brand, build up your consistent, tightly branded content and don't get distracted. And then the third Mark Cuban rule, which I think also applies to branding, is don't drown an opportunity, right? So your brand is what you write, not what others are writing. Um, don't try and chase other brands. Don't, 
you don't need to grab onto every new opportunity that exists if it doesn't meet your long-term goals. And I'm going to come back to something um, that kind of matches that. Now, all of those ideas have a corollary. One simple kind of cautionary note, which is your first few stabs at what you write may not be what you actually want to write down the road. You may be unconsciously limiting yourself to what you think you should write or what you think might be most marketable. We are our own worst enemies. We can talk ourselves out of so many good ideas because they're scary or because we don't know how to do it. Um, and so you really want to allow yourself to, to explore all sorts of options, but when you hook into the one that feels really right and a little bit scary in your gut, that's where you want to sit and build a brand. So those are my kind of my general entry thoughts into what is brand and how it is so not what your covers look like, right? Um, to step back a bit, to be a commercial genre fiction author is so much more than just being a writer, right? If you want to just be a writer, there are lots of jobs out there for you. You can be a technical writer. You can be a copy writer. You can um, be a, you know, you can write for hire, like ghostwrite books for publishers where you never have to have a presence or a, a face or, um, it's not to say that like you, you you know, most writers, very few authors, genre fiction authors are ever going to be celebrities. That's not our path in life. But you need to have a, a online persona, a presence, a face of a brand. And for most of us, because we're never going to be celebrities, that means we are also our own brand managers, our own marketing managers, which for introverted ar artists is like, that sounds like hell. <laughs> like, we don't want to do that. And my sister is like, but that's what I do every day. That that's all fun. I like to do. Yeah. <laughs> so if you are somebody who enjoys that, you have a natural advantage in publishing. And so we often see that, right? We see people who seem to come from nowhere. P.S. They never come from nowhere. They've been working behind the scenes in like as a blogger or a PR person for years. And they finally have a bunch of stories that they've written and then they go, you know, they explode and, and they do really well because some of this comes naturally to them. Um, don't worry about that. Don't compare yourselves to those people. Comparison is the thief of joy, right? Focus eyes in your own lane, do your own thing. So uh, today in this first breakout session on branding and marketing for the romance author, we're going to talk about how to embrace marketing for your brand. We're going to talk about what your brand is, what you love about it, and where you see it going. And even though you're listening to this in a podcast format and you're like, how do you know this all about me? Um, it's because I am you. You know, I have been there. And right now I want you, I told you to get a notebook and a pen, and I want you to start writing some stuff down. So um, if you are published, we're going to look at what you already have in your catalog. We're going to talk about what you can do with those titles and come up with an action plan for your backlist and what you are going to write in the future. Because once you start thinking about yourself as a brand and having a catalog and needing to market that going forward, what you will write, it changes. So we're going to come up with a plan for what you should write in the future. If you are a new or, a, or aspiring author, if you're looking at getting published, or if you are previously published by a traditional publisher, but you want to start a self-publishing career, maybe you're starting over in a new genre or a new subgenre with a new pen name. 
however you look at it, if you are starting a brand from scratch, we're going to talk about smart ways to build your catalog from day one. I don't want anyone to underestimate what they have here to leverage. So when I say let's write down um, a catalog, what do you, what titles do you currently have? You can also just write down ideas. You know, what skills do you have? What um, what content do you have that you can leverage going forward? Because honestly, every day is day one in a new plan for all of us. It's never too late to take a hard look at what we know, what our skills and knowledge are, and how to best apply that going forward. So um, I really, I mentioned this, that I am you and I know where you are. I know what it is to struggle. And so I'm just going to talk very briefly about my own experience, particularly if you are someone who has stumbled across our podcast because it's been shared writer to writer. Hi, I'm Zoe. I'm a romance writer. Um, and I know what it is to struggle. I know what it is to ride a roller coaster of sales and slump hard after success. I know what it is to sell 40 copies of my debut novel in a month and wonder if I did something wrong with that launch, if I missed a golden ticket, if I don't have what it takes. I see, um, I see myself in people who are starting and people who are starting over. So whatever your experience is, I probably share a part of it. Um, and now, five, I'm coming up on my five-year anniversary of publishing my first book. Um, I'm also thinking about how do I want to start a new plan? What is my next five years going to look like? Um, so there are ways for to work smarter, ways to get your book in front of readers. Readers you might not even know exist right now. Um, so we're over the course of these breakout session podcasts, we're going to explore that um, in ways that give you a clear next step plan and um, some some tangible action items. So um, I'm pausing here because I have a whole bunch of notes. So this workshop, this idea for this podcast came out of doing a workshop for the Toronto Romance Writers. Um, and so I'm, I'm looking at my TRW notes and I remember when I did the workshop with them, I ended up trying to skip around and I should have taken more notes then. But anyway, I'm skipping over my own personal journey, which I may share at some point towards the end of the podcast series or on our regular podcast, The Sister Cast plug uh, hashtag ad <laughs> okay um so if you have your notebook and pen what I want you to do is I want you to think about four questions question number one in general what do you like I know that's super general but what gets you excited so do you like travel? Do you like cats? Do you like the color pink? Do you like political action? Do you like history? Do you like men in beards or pickup trucks, country boys, guys in suits? I mean, this is aimed at romance novels, romance novelists. So let's be specific. What what are you attracted to? What can you talk about in a, in a genuine and authentic way? Question number two, five years from now, what do you want to have written? What do you want to be writing at that point? Be as specific as possible for genre, heat level, setting, tone, etc. Really draw a picture of what you want to be five years down the road as an author. If you, Question number three. If you are a new writer, no books or fewer than five books finished, 
what are the next five books you want to write? This is actually a good question for all of us to answer. Question number four, if you have a number of titles published, can you group them thematically? Do they exist in the same world? Explain that world or common theme in a sentence or two. So for example, I write sexy small town military romance with book boyfriends you want to date in real life. That's Zoe. I also write as Ainsley. I have two pen names. And as Ainsley, I write over the top alpha heroes for a super dirty fantasy read. And those two things are quite different, right? So they, when I, when I look at what my catalog is, so I want you to write down those four questions. I want you to answer those four questions. And then I want you to look at the last two questions, either your ideas for what the next five books are that you want to write or the list that you have written, actually both of those things. And I want you to write them on a new sheet of paper. I want you to, to group the titles by series, but also thematically. So when I do this, for example, as Zoe, um, on the left-hand side of the paper, I write Wardom, which was my very first series. It's a small town Canadian romance series. And under that, I write Pine Harbor because Pine Harbor is also a Canadian series. It's military romance, but also small town. And then on the right-hand side of the page, across from Pine Harbor, so as far away from Wardom as possible, I write Seals Undone, which is my Navy Seals romance series. Because um, Wardom and Navy Seals books, those don't actually have very much in common, right? They're not thematically connected. So I have military romance across the bottom of the page, and I have small town across, uh, you know, on the left-hand side of the page. And then up in the top right, above the military above the, the the Seals Undone series, I have Camp Firefly Falls, which is, um, it's Navy, Navy Seal heroes, but very much in a rom-com light setting, which is kind of similar to my Wardham series. So that's kind of, so in those, in the four corners of my page, and then right in the middle, not connected to anything at all, I put Vikings in space, which is like one of these things is not like the other. That's the, that's the series that I write that's quite an outlier. Nothing wrong with that. I write that series for fun, but I always need to remember that it's not on brand. It's like its own thing. I could even put that on a separate page, to be honest. So <clears throat> at this point, hopefully you have um, a notebook and on it you have written down those four questions you've started to sketch out your catalog either what it currently looks like or what you want it to look like or a combination of the two so how, what time are we at how much time 19. 19 minutes into the very first podcast of the breakout session marketing for the romance author okay I think we're gonna probably break these into like 30 minute sessions so we're gonna do a little bit more work in this first episode and then um and then I'm gonna have you take a break at the end of this podcast and really look at that catalog and do some work on that catalog before you start episode two in the breakout session all right so to continue so the objectives for this workshop when I do it as a workshop and not as a podcast the objectives are a catalog assessment. So we write down all the books that we have and then we I walk you through an assessment of that. We also talk about um, marketing toolbox. What resources do we know about? What resources can I introduce to you that are new? And how can you, um, you know, what, what tricks are there that kind of can help make it a little bit easier to find an audience? Then we talk about backlist promotion and finally front list creation. And so we're going to go over all of those over the next couple of 
episodes of this breakout session of the sister cast. But really, when it comes to brand and marketing, my very first point at the top of this podcast was at the heart of it all is a really solid product is your content. So, um, what we need to understand is the kind of the best case scenario or the best practices to, to, to have as our author practices around that content, right? So what can we do that will give our content the best chance to shine? Before we get into what that content is, how do we assess it? How do we promote it? First, let's talk, let's step back and we'll do some um, some groundwork. I call these the three Fs of building a marketable catalog. So before we look at what the books themselves are, before we examine that content, let's step back and make sure that we're all on the same page, that we have our foundation, our framework, and we're pointed towards building a fandom for our books. Okay, so those are the three Fs of building a marketable catalog. Foundation, framework, fandom. Your foundation is the stuff that you should have in place before you publish your very first book. If you don't have this now, you should just like pause the podcast immediately and go and set these up and then come back. They are um, an identity, a persona. For some of this, it will be your legal name. For others of you, it will be a pen name. But you got to know who your persona is. You need to have that persona on social media doesn't need to be on all the social medias, but you need to have a Facebook page. You need to have a Twitter account or an Instagram account or Snapchat or whatever the young people are using these days. Um, I don't have Snapchat, to be honest. Um, I have Twitter. I have Facebook and um, I have Instagram, but it's mostly pictures of food. I'm not very good at that. This is more of a do what I say, not what I do situation. Um, But basically you have you have your persona. You have some social media like a landing page kind of thing, a Facebook page. You have a website, um, which can just be a blog. That's okay. It doesn't need to be fancy. And you have a newsletter sign up. So if you are listening to this and you're like, I don't, I don't have a newsletter. I don't know where to begin. There are lots of free resources out there. MailChimp is the one that I recommend. It is free until you have 2,000 subscribers. By the time you have 2,000 subscribers, your newsletter should pay for itself. If it's not, then we need to have a podcast episode later on about how to make that work for you. Um, So go to MailChimp and set it up that way. It integrates really nicely with both social media and your website. The key thing is that when you publish a book, at the when at the second somebody finishes reading that book you want to give them as many different ways as possible to connect with you so that you can then tell that same person about the next book that comes out which is why this stuff is why i call it the foundation because it is so foundational to continued commercial success right it it is possible that somebody is going to trip across your book it's not super likely but it is possible It is less likely that they are going to trip over your book over and over and over again. You cannot count on luck putting your book in someone's path, particularly after they've enjoyed it once and then moved on with their lives. You need to ask them if they want to hear about your next book. So at the very end of your book, right after the end, the very first line in your back matter is, if you enjoyed this book, please sign up for my newsletter and I will tell you about when the next one comes out. Or your call to action could even be stronger. Um, 
If you love this book and you'd like to read an advanced copy of my next book, sign up here for my VIP reader group, right? And we can, we can loop back to that as a marketing tool later on. But anyway, newsletter sign up, so critical. Have all the bricks in place. And then when you start to release books, they will come. Now, caveat, I'm not promising they're going to come quickly. For example, when I started, I created a Facebook page, a Facebook reader group, um, newsletter, etc. And I released my first book and nobody joined my reader group. For six months and three book releases, my reader group had five people in it. It had my sister, who's laughing at me right now. It had one of my critique partners. It had... Um, two early readers who found me like in the first week, myself and Uncle Matt. <laughs> Our Uncle Matt was in my reader group for six months and there was nobody else in my group. So I didn't really post anything. There was no content in my group. So he just st stuck around. Once I was in a couple of cross promotional efforts and started to grow that reader base more actively as I learned some of those marketing tools. Um, readers joined the group. I started posting hot guys and beards and pickup trucks and my Uncle Matt left the group. <laughs> like that that just naturally takes care of itself at some point. Um, but yeah, so, so build it and they will come. If you're sitting there going, I don't have enough fans for a reader group, neither did I. And eventually people started to join. Yes, it's kind of quiet, but it doesn't matter if it's a quiet group, right? So build it and they will come. The second F of building a marketable catalog before the content the, the you know is framework. So you need to understand the framework of selling genre fiction books. The framework of it is front list is your new releases, backlist is everything else, right? So any book that you have released and has already been out for a while, it's called backlist. A fact that I heard once, luckily before I published anything, so I went in with a very realistic understanding of sales. Uh, a solid mid-list author can expect to sell two to 10 copies of a well-packaged book once it's fallen off the front list and becomes a part of the backlist if your catalog is tightly branded. If your catalog is a hot mess, which at times my catalog sometimes has been, um, you will sell less than that. You will have books that just don't sell. Even if you have a new series, a front list series that is selling well, if your backlist series has nothing to do with that new front, it's not going to rise. It's not going to, you know, the rising tide does not lift all ships if they're not all the same, you know? Um, it's also really important that if you understand, okay, this is front list and this is back list, that it means no matter how successful a launch of a book, the long-term reality of any genre fiction book is that on any given day, it's going to sell maybe a handful of copies. So if you can break this down to some basic math numbers, if you want to earn a full-time living off of selling books and you earn somewhere between 30 cents and $3 per title sold, um, let's say that you want to, let, let's say that it averages out to $2 a title, right? And you want to earn $200 a day. That means you need to sell 100 copies a day of all of your titles. In order to do that, right? If you're only going to sell between one to 10 copies, you need to have at least 10, but upwards of 50 copies in your catalog. 50 titles. 50 yeah. titles. And you want them all to be tightly branded. That sounds daunting, 
but I am five years into this and I'm working on my 50th book. Um, they're not all novels, you know, but like I don't write more words in a year than a lot of people. I write somewhere between 300 and 500,000 words a year, um, which works out to be, um, I can't do math. Ah, it works out to be between a thousand and two thousand words a day, um, on average. And that's very doable. That's three to four hours of writing for me in a day. Some people can do it much faster than that. Um, and that is what it is to be a commercial genre fiction author. You're going to be writing books, a lot of them over and over and over again. That's the job. So if you understand that framework, right? And you have built it upon a foundation of I've got the way to capture the people who like the books and I'm going to keep writing new books to grab them in. Um, that will get you on the right track. I want you to plan for that as your likely best case scenario. You may have a breakout book that just skyrockets and will make you enough money to live on for a couple of years. That's also possible and amazing. But the best way to, to open yourself up to that possibility is to keep writing lots of books, right? The other thing to remember, and I've already touched on this, is that a backlist of random disconnected books is very hard to leverage into a sustainable, promotable catalog. And at the end of the day, irregardless of of how you publish, if you're a trad author, if you're a self-published author, you are a publisher, right? If you are a publisher who then sells to another publisher and lets them take the book from there, you're still a publisher. Your catalog is still like your intellectual property is still a catalog that it's up to you to make sure it's tight or not. So as a publisher, you need to acquire books from yourself that add to a marketable catalog. Do not fall into the trap of thinking because you work for a publisher, because you sell books to a publisher, it's okay that you're random and all over the place. I mean, it is if you are an artist, but if you are a commercial genre fiction writer, you're not just an an artist. You're also contributing to a commercial enterprise and why are you doing that if you're being random and all over the place? And that some people kind of bristle at that, but hard truths are hard, right? So that that's my little, yes, you have a thought? No, you're waving at me with a pen. Oh, I just wanted to let you know it's been 30 minutes. Okay, well, we will just kind of quickly wrap up with fandom then. So um, you you need to acquire books from yourself that add to a marketable catalog. You also, I mean, there's a, there's a line there, right? Because you also need to push the envelope a little in order to find the edge that attracts new readers. So you have kind of this attract and retain goal. Um, leaps forward in a career are often pushed by new and exciting high concept projects. Um, day-to-day, month-to-month sales hold steady because of a catalog of familiar, reliable books for readers to glom backwards, right? If you like this, all of these are quite similar. Go and enjoy them. Um, this is why I love a catalog of series, right? You have series after series after series where you can make the first book discountable, free or, or 99 cents, promote that, and then they'll read through the whole series. That's awesome. Um, even But even standalones in a backlist can continue to generate income if branded strongly enough. Together, think of like Nicholas Sparks, right? Standalones, but you know you're getting the same book over and over and over again. That's not a bad thing. Readers want more of the same. So yeah. if people have written like four books that are yeah. all sort of disjointed. Mm-hmm. Yep. What do you do? So in the next podcast episode, we're going to look at 
some different examples of what that looks like. That, and we'll start with that example. What do you do if that is your catalog, right? We'll come back to that. Um, just to, to wrap this first episode of the breakout session up, I want to talk about fandom, which is the, th- the third F of marketing. You have to be your first fan and your biggest fan. Whatever gets you hyped the most, that's where you focus your energy. And I think that this probably answers your question. You can kind of think, if I've written four books and they're kind of disconnected, which one are you most excited about? Write more like that. That's your next step. And we'll and I'm going to explore that in a little bit more detail. Some books don't sell well off the hop. Some books don't sell well to a cold audience, but do they 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 slowly grow a fandom from a warm audience of people who've been exposed to you in other ways. There is a fan for every book. Be careful about discounting a small fandom, right? At the very top of this episode, I talked about, you know, don't get distracted by the new shiny. Be careful about leaping from opportunity to opportunity. You may miss um, a very strong brand, the kernel of a very strong brand that you could have grown into something really sustainable, but you may have missed it because you thought it was too small and insignificant. Um, Sometimes those tiny fandoms are the most loyal and most fierce. And they will grow your brand with you if you stick to it, right? Um, I look at um, I look at my very first series, Wardom, which, you know, it's not the most high concept of series. It's sometimes it's a hard sell to a cold audience for a couple of reasons. Um, it it only it's just a small town romance. It doesn't have that extra hook to it. It doesn't have military heroes, which are very popular in small town romance. Um, but but the the readers who read through that series have been asking me for three years. When is Evan's book coming out? Evan is the last character in that series who will get a book and it will be book 10 in that series. And um, people say, when is Evan's book coming out? When is Evan's book coming out? And maybe there's like a chorus of only like 30 people who want Evan's book. But I don't have that kind of chorus about any other outstanding book. And in every series that I've started, there is an outstanding book because I haven't, I I have, I've only finished one series. I've started like 12. Um, And that I can't ignore that loud little fandom. And if I give it attention, it can grow into something really powerful, you know, but you have to kind of take a chance on it and you have to commit to yourself and commit to your voice and say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to believe in myself, which is that, you know, you have to be your first and biggest fan. So that wraps up the first session of the breakout session on marketing for the romance author. In the next episode, we're going to talk about catalog assessment. So if you haven't yet, go back, listen to this again, listen to the part in the middle where I talk about um, drawing out your catalog of either books that you've already written or ideas that you have thematically right? Kind of separate them across a page um, and start to kind of see the connections and see which one you are most excited about. Feel free to use circles and highlighters and exclamation marks and squiggly underlines to, to show yourself where your enthusiasm lies. And then we'll continue from there. Awesome. Hey, a little podcast tip. You can hit the times 1.5 if you want Zoe to sound like she's talking faster. And then the 35 minute podcast will only be like 22 minutes. <laughs> Just kidding. 
You slow it down when she. <laughs> Do I t- am I talking slowly? Something. No, not at all. Because I was like, I don't think that people want me to sound like a chipmunk, but maybe they do. <laughs> to get no, to that point in the podcast would again. be the three, the three, times? the three up to three. But I've been hearing a lot of people like to listen to podcasts on fast so they can get through them faster. I have heard that too. Yeah, <laughs> and feel free to do that with this one. Absolutely. All right, we'll see you in episode two.